I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No one is saying who's Zooming who. I mean, why is no one quoting Aretha Franklin? Who's Zooming who? Ah, ah! I zoom in who? Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. My lovely, beautiful women. How are you, Jen? You seem very uh, full of the joys of life. Well, Maureen, thank you for asking. I appreciate you coming to me first because usually in this podcast we do start it with me going to either you or to Alison. And today is the day that we start with the Brister. Thank you. Uh, As you know, every day is a delight in my life. So many things happen. It's back-to-back hilarity, warmth, excitement, joy. Um, Busy day, Jen? No, not really. Um, (laughs) Busy week? No, no. But it's getting harder and harder. I don't know how you and Alison feel about this, but... um, you know, conversation you have with friends and they say to you, oh, how are you? And you say, oh, good, yeah, I'm all right. And they're like, what have you been up to? And you go, ah, well, I've, you know, I rearranged the cutlery and uh, put a couple of knives in the fork area just to piss my girlfriend off. <laughs> Let's see if that works. And uh, other than that, um, nothing has happened. How about you? Conversations are dry right now. Uh Yes or no? That bodes well for this podcast, then, doesn't it? Listen, Maureen, <laughs> I've said this to you. Type five minutes, is it? Why do you think the title of this podcast is Women Talking Bollocks? So that I don't have to commit myself to saying anything interesting, anything of importance, to saying anything vaguely cerebral. I can just literally talk shit, and that's what we've created with this podcast. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Maureen. What about you, Alison? Have you had a less dramatic week? Yeah, definitely less dramatic. An exciting week. I won't talk about it all the time, guys, but we just put together our puppy playpen. Uh, so we get a puppy in two days and I'm going to be oh a mother. Oh my goodness, two days. You're going to yeah. be a mother. Yeah. Uh... I, it's just that I've never been responsible for a living thing other than myself. So this is a big step for me. 
as, as a grown woman. Listen, I don't think you should be reductive about this whole experience. This is a big responsibility. Dogs are our responsibility. You know, this is the kind of attitude I want yeah. to hear from someone that's going to take a dog. What I don't want to hear is getting a dog. Uh, it's probably going to be easy. I love dogs. I used to watch Lassie on telly. Uh. The Queen's got a corgi. Seems pretty easy. Bish bash bosh. What I want to hear is oh, I'm a bit nervous about this. The responsibility. I understand. I might have to breastfeed it. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> is that best for the puppy? Alison, I've never had a dog. I've just seen people being very attached to their dogs and I've just assumed that they breastfed them. You cannot be that intimate with an animal of not stuck your nipple in there. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Maureen's face. In my personal opinion, I wouldn't breastfeed it. Maureen, you're so conservative. Carry on, Alison. <laughs> I got an angel and a devil. What am I going to do? Uh, do I tit feed a pup or not? I don't know. Who do I listen to? Who's my guidance in this one? It's it's just exciting, but it's nerve wracking. And I the thing that I love most about it, though, is I said to my boyfriend one night, I was like, look, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm scared. And he looked at me and he's like, I'm scared shitless, but we're going to do it. And I was like, oh, all right, we're going to do it. So, Alison, honestly, this takes me back to the night before. Our twins were born and Chloe and I lay in bed. It's not, don't I know? No, it's the same feeling of anticipation where you lie in bed and in two days, you know, you're going to be parenting a, what is it again? A cockapoo? No? No. A peepee pam? It's a Pomeranian. A Pomeranian. Same, same, same. We lay in bed and went, tomorrow we're going to be parenting two boys and babies. And let me tell you. I wish I had not drank as much that night because the next day I was very hungover when my children were born. And that is a lesson to anyone, okay, uh, that's having a cesarean. Good lesson. Uh, no, you do know that a puppy is going to create some sort of, not chaos, but it's going to change your routine and I you're going to have... the word chaos. Puppies don't know what they're doing. You have to train them and it takes time. But for you, Alison, with the patience that you have... Of course, this is perfect for you. I'm going to grow up, guys. I'm growing up. Yeah. Like, I'm probably going to have to get up before 11 a.m. Like, you know, that's going to happen. Oh, baby. That pup's going to get you up at six. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You're going to hear this sort of whining. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a little bit like when my two used to wake up every half an hour for three years. Um, I don't know if it is the same. But um, if you feel any <laughs> amount of that pain, then I am into it. I'm really into it. I'm really into it vicariously. I'm really into it in terms of schadenfreude. <laughs> I know the puppy stories to tell you now. I know which ones. Yeah. I hope you're talking to Jen about yeah. that because I would be going, okay then, and put down the phone. Hey, Alison, this is my porn. <laughs> Maureen, let's talk to you. Uh, yeah, it's the week. You're the one. What's going on? Oh, I had another procedure this week in hospital. It was actually very painful. I'm really good at taking pain. And then oh, I just noticed on my discharge papers, they just put mild discomfort. I was like, well, it might have been mild for you, but it wasn't bloody mild for me. Maureen said to me, they put mild discomfort on the chart. And I just imagine Maureen reading that, trying to find whoever wrote it, and then just flipping, like, <laughs> swinging for them, going, so, let me just give you an idea of the pain I felt. Does that feel like mild discomfort to you? But it was good results. So that was the main thing. It was good results. Uh, Maureen, honestly, you are, what's the word for someone that can take a lot of shit? Stoic. I think I'm stoic. Very word. stoic. I'm not stoic, Maureen. I don't know if you've noticed this about my personality. <laughs> I am the opposite of stoic. I moan a lot. I can't really take any kind of discomfort, pain, or indeed anything that's outside of my 
general comfort zone. Um, I'll give you an example. Maureen recently told me that she didn't like the taste of fusilli pasta and I... Fusilli? Well, firstly, it's not fusilli, is it? We've discussed that. It's fusilli because it's Italian. No, but it's fusilli. Now, Alison, I want you to get in on this. <laughs> so, basically, she'd gone to hospital. She'd come back. Somebody had cooked her a meal. Pasta. She loves pasta. Which, ironically, I'd given them because I don't actually okay, like fusilli. So, Warren is insisting on calling it fusilli, but I have let that go after the Andy Warhol situation. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not even going <laughs> to go down the fusilli, the fusilli. I'm not going to take us down that road, okay? Because I know better than that. What I am going to say is that Maureen said this to me, Alison, that she doesn't like the taste of fusilli pasta. I didn't say fusilli for sure. She said fusilli, <laughs> but in order to keep some kind of sanity in my like equilibrium in my head, I'm going to say fusilli, okay? I don't like the taste. Maureen, it's pasta. It doesn't matter if it's spaghetti, if it's penne, if it's fusilli. It all tastes the same. Pastas do taste different. Do you think the texture, there's more dough, therefore maybe a stronger taste? Yeah, that might be it. You know, I don't mind macaroni, I don't mind spaghetti, I don't mind a linguine. But it's too many of the spinny bits, it's almost too much. Is it too much for you? Yes, Alison, yeah. listen, th See? there's a time for empathy. And then there's a time for incredulity. And now is the time to press the incredulity button. And let's all agree, right? It's a little bit like chocolate, okay? If, if someone gave you a chocolate button or if they gave you a flipping chocolate finger, you'd be like, it tastes like chocolate. Yeah, but not all chocolate's the same. That's not true. No, okay, but I'm just talking about the same. Pasta is pasta. Chocolate, chocolate. It's chocolate. No, but then why would they make all the different pastas? It's they're different tastes. Yeah, because people like a different texture. Maybe they like visually you like something different. Like the shells collect the sauce in the shell, and some people like that. They like that. Oh, when I pick up a piece of shell pasta, yeah, then there's a little bit of sauce that's cupped up in that. Oh yeah, that's and then true. the parpadel, there's something going on there. It's a different texture. Oh, I like oh, them. Oh my god, you guys, I love you so much. Can we stop talking about pasta? I am trying not to eat it. Can we not go on about every pasta? Why would you not want to eat pasta? Listen, now we're into a different wormhole. You're not eating pasta. She can't pronounce fazili. No, no, no. Like, I'll eat it, but I dream of pasta. Like, it's the best thing ever. So let's not talk about it. Oh, no, I don't dream of pasta. That's a bit weird. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, we've, we've put that to bed. And we've all agreed that Maureen is wrong. And that was all I wanted from that. <laughs> if we had just said that at the beginning, we wouldn't have had to have entered that wormhole and then... Have a triggering conversation, frankly, for Alison, who is dreaming about uh, Fuseli. 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 Or Fuseli. If you were to dream about pasta, it wouldn't be Fuseli. No one dreams about that. What are you dreaming about? Mine's Parpadel. Mine would be Tortellini. Oh, angel hair. Angel hair? What is angel hair? Tiny little, the skinny, skinny spaghettis. Skinny ones. I don't even know about this thing. And what would you do? Do you put it in a soup? No, I would just make spaghetti with it, bolognese. It's just I like all the oh, noodles. God, like, same with that's why I love Vietnamese food. Oh, vermicelli noodles. They're the best in the world. I love a noodle. I absolutely love a noodle. Guys, I don't think there is a podcast out there <laughs> that is tackling the noodle <laughs> pasta debate in the way that we are. And frankly... I think that's a good thing because we've really run out of steam with this subject, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to close my internet. Don't close your internet. <laughs> <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> Isn't it time to hashtag be more Maureen? Oh, yes. Here we oh, go. Let's do hashtag it. Hashtag be more Maureen. We need a better jingle than this. Hashtag be more Maureen. I'll record this jingle. Fuck it. I'm going to record this jingle. Can we make this happen? Jen, I think we should go back in time. And as you're always better at telling these stories than me, do you remember that posh dinner that we went to where we were having dinner with, um, well, having dinner is a slight exaggeration, Emma Thompson and, God, what's his name? Colin Firth. Colin Firth were in the room. We were there for a fundraiser, to be fair. Yeah. So you have to donate money to sit at this table. And Maureen does a lot of work for this particular charity. And uh, anyway... We're at the table and, and it's very posh, isn't it? It's very posh. Well, we've just said Emma Thompson and Colin Firth are there. It's not the Weatherspoons. Yeah, I think people get the idea that it's posh. There we were at Burger King. Colin turned up. It was a bit weird. Colin would be a Burger King, but not Emma. Yeah. Not Emma. Uh, 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 uh. So basically what they do is, because there's so many different tables, they put the food down in, you know, dribs and drabs, don't they? And it was a, a curry and it was absolutely gorgeous, all sort mm. of mainly vegetarian. And so they're putting the food down and Maureen is like leaning over the table. Every time a bit of food comes around, she's like, can you bring it here, please? And bear in mind, the table is for about, I don't know, 12 people, four of whom haven't turned up. We're still getting food for 12 people. Thank God. At one point, Maureen had six plates of food by her and she was just, you know how you have a separate plate to put it in and then you go, would you like some dal? No, Maureen was just like eating directly out of the bowl. <laughs> I was so not, Brista. You did! Only at the end when they took the plates away and there was still food in the bowls. Only at the end. <laughs> but basically I was standing up going, over here, please, over here, because I just wanted us to get served first. But you know what? Because it was full of posh people. They didn't really say anything, did they? I was going to say, was it rich people serving sizes, Maureen? Yeah. yeah that's why you were like, thank yes. God. Because whenever you go to a fan, and yes, I know the ingredients are better and... It's a better quality and, you know, truffle oil, whatever. But it's always like, and here's your tiny portion. If I get 13 servings of tiny portions, that's fine. But I don't know. That's why I'm with you, Maureen. Thank you. (laughs) Alison, these portions, A, were not small because they were to be shared. And another thing is there was enough food for 12 people. There were eight of us. And there was a woman there who wouldn't eat it because she didn't like curry. So that was seven people. So just tw- enough. There was just enough, right, Maureen? Thank- yeah, there yeah. was just enough. Thank you, Alison. <laughs> I got to back her on this one, Jen, because I've been to some events. And but I'm there, like- were, there were people at the table who couldn't stop laughing because they were like, is she going to bring that food around? I was like, you better wait till she sort of has a little bit. And- just let her go through it. and she- <laughs> But if you can imagine you're at a table with loads of other people and Maureen's like, just bring it here first. I'll have it and then I'll pass it round. And then Emma can have it and then... I did not say that. You didn't say it, but that is what you did. (laughs) I love it. I love you. And then I had on my very posh black frock and um, we went to the loos, didn't we? And I didn't realise that it was lots of petticoats, like a 1950s look. Uh, I managed to put all my back of my dress into my knickers and hadn't noticed. I thought, should I I tell her? No, I didn't. I did. I told you so. (laughs) Like there's a lot in your knickers because there's a lot of petticoat there, Maureen. It's not like it's, it's a big petticoat dress. It was a lot in there, and I thought she's got a lot tucked in there, and I thought she'll notice. And and also the draft, but you didn't, didn't notice. <laughs> so yeah, that was my be more Maureen moment. It's a good one. Well, Maureen, I think that was uh, one of your best. <laughs> I think that is a tremendous one. Top five. <laughs> 
is fine. It's, it's better that I'm hearing myself twice than anyone else, frankly. So, um. <laughs> well, kids, it's time to find out the horror movie our young Alison June Smith will recommend for us this week. Yeah, I got a great one. Go with me here, okay? Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Whoa! Okay, I, so... I just absolutely love all of this. Yeah, and you will. I promise you, you will. I mean, again, it's like ridiculous. But Maureen, there's a little class in there, right? It's Pride and Prejudice, and it's interesting to see this horrific take on such a classic. I think that, in a way, you'll be so appalled that you'll be able to enjoy it. <laughs> so what happens is he raises daughters, and they're like, vampire zombie ass killing they have like knives taped on them but they're super hot so it's all like female empowerment and fighting zombies and they're doing this in a corset yes maureen <laughs> maureen please stop questioning the logic that is quite impressive yeah. i don't deny it was written by a man who's never worn a corset i am not denying that fact i am well aware but it's a pretty good movie it's on amazon prime okay. everyone if you want i don't think it got good reviews yeah. when it came out though did it Maureen, of course it didn't. And if ever anyone ever points out that a movie that I like has good reviews, I'll be like, there's something wrong with the reviewer. <laughs> I don't go with the flow. Listen, again, Alison, let's go through this. Two out of five for Common Sense. I don't know who they are. 5.8 out of 10 for IMDb. 45% for Rotten Tomatoes. But on Google, 91% of people I'm like this I'm telling you. So what we're saying is people that like horror movies enjoyed the movie yeah yeah i thought it was fun i don't think any horry mo horry movie is that a thing yeah sure let's say it is <laughs> i don't think it's like fusily any don't bring up fuz <laughs> don't you dare bring up fusily <laughs> i don't think any horror movie lover is interested in what critics think are they no. i think that's the one genre of film where people are like i don't care what peter bradshaw thinks of this movie I'm going to mm -hmm. watch it. Either you're in or you're out. Am yeah. I right? And there's quite a romance story, actually. So I just thought it was good because girls, if you're a romancy kind of girl, you'll get your rom-com. Guys, you get your zombie-killing action. Uh, and I just thought they did a really good job of blending it all together. Oh, my God. Let's talk about who's in this movie. Uh -huh. It's a great cast, okay. too. So it's an incredible cast. So you've got, you've got Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame. Douglas Booth, if you Google him, I mean, he's been in lots of things. I think he was in um, The Last David Copperfield. Uh, oh. um, you've got Lena or Lena um, Heady, who was uh, in Game of Thrones, who played... Um, the Queen, didn't she? Not the, the Witch. Jeffrey's yeah. mum. This is a great cast. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Dance is in it. Charles Dance is Mr. Bennett. Sally Phillips is in it. She plays Mrs. Bennett. We all love Sally Phillips. For heaven's sake, I'm going to watch this bloody movie. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. I think you're going to love it. Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. Thank you, Alison. That's fantastic. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. What have we all been watching on Televisione? Maureen, let's hear it from you. Well, again, very eclectic because I have been watching loads of old episodes of Soko Kidsbühl, which is like a Austrian equivalent of Midsummer Murders where they're in Kutzbühl, which is a very nice area where the, the murder rate seems to be worse than South London. And um, the two detectives are helped out by a Michelin star chef 
and his girlfriend, the Countess. So it's quite realistic. It's a bit like Jessica Fletcher. She writes a lot of these books. <laughs> it's totally like the murder she wrote. Yeah, yeah it's totally unbelievable. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I've written some murder mystery books. Uh, I can solve this crime. It's a little bit like someone that goes... Ah. I've worked with Heston Blumenthal. I can... But because he's a chef, he can smell things. He can figure out <laughs> it's that, very yeah. true. In Murder and Finding Truffles, this is the guy you want. <laughs> finding truffles and finding dead bodies. This is what chefs can do. They can sniff out a murderer. And I, what's missing? You know, I think Scotland Yard really needs to get in contact with some Michelin star chefs and get on to Marco Pierre, what's his chops, and go, listen, fella, come in. We're struggling on this cold case. I will snip it out. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It's actually, I think it's better for my mental health to watch something like that than bloody look through Twitter and just see the world going to pot. I agree. I agree. Oh, 100% more. I think we should all, there's been several sort of boycotts, haven't there, for Twitter for various different Mm. reasons and all of them legitimate. I just think we should all do a lifetime ban because it is a cesspool and We can all agree. We all know this, don't we? We all know that if we're not on social media, we feel better. And I would say to anybody that is on social media, whether it be Instagram, whether it be Twitter, and perhaps there is somebody that you follow on Twitter that every time you read their tweet, it makes you feel a little bit sad or a little bit bad about yourself. The same with Instagram. There's that one account that you keep following and you don't know why. If you can't get off social media, stop following these people. Do you know? Just that person that's like, ah, I'm a bikini body and I'm having a great time in Jamaica, even during lockdown. Stop following her. She's annoying. Instead, follow WTB underscore podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, Maureen. Or at Maureen Younger. Feel free. Listen, tap into Maureen Younger. Maureen hasn't even discovered the filter. I've said to her before, why don't you stick a filter on it? Maureen's like, what's a filter? I'm like, you've been using Instagram for over a year now and you still haven't figured out what a filter is. Isn't that the most refreshing thing you've ever heard? That Maureen Younger is on Instagram and doesn't use the filter. It's the first thing that comes up at the bottom. I can't be asked with that. God love you, Maureen. (laughs) You are a tonic to this social media age, this narcissism that we all indulge in. Maureen is the perfect tonic for that. (laughs) To be fair... You guys know how awful I am at social media. I I always forget and I don't do it all the time. And I was pleased with myself the other day, Maureen, because I was able to post a black and white picture of myself. First time I used a filter too. So there you go, Maureen. I'm with you, babe. I am surrounded by Luddites. (laughs) You are. I'm so sorry. No, don't be. I actually like it. Jen, you couldn't figure out how we could do a group call on WhatsApp. I had to teach you the other day. Whatever, Maureen. Let's not dwell on that. The point is... (laughs) It was really great. So Alison, Maureen and I had a group chat on WhatsApp, which Maureen instigated. So she phoned me and then she was like, I'll just get Alison on the call. And that blew my brain, Maureen. When you introduced (laughs) Alison into the call, I was like, what witchcraft is this, Maureen? How did you do it? We can do everything. How how is this even possible? Why do you know this and I don't? (laughs) This has made me question everything I understand about the universe. Um, No, it was great. (laughs) 
We were talking about telly. Should we just ditch it now? We haven't found out what Alison's been watching. Well, all me, Maureen, to be I, honest. I talked about horror movies. That's all I'm watching. What have you been watching? I have been watching uh, a show, which I imagine, again, a lot of people will already have finished and, and enjoyed. And I watched it very quickly, unlike I May Destroy, which I, I very much eked out over a very long period of time because I didn't want it to end. But I binge-watched Mrs. America, which is uh, set in the United States in the 1970s during the second wave of feminism. Uh, it's nine episodes and it highlights a different person in each episode, either within the feminist movement or within the the opposition for the ERA. And Kate Blanchett is absolutely phenomenal in it, playing a very unsympathetic, very unlikable character Phyllis Schlafly, her aim is basically to stop the ERA, which is the Equality Rights Amendment. But but the whole point is, is that Phyllis Schlafly is fighting against feminism when she is herself a feminist. And she is doing all the things that feminism has afforded her. And I don't just mean the right to vote. I mean the right to have childcare, the right to go to work, the, the right to have a, a platform and speak, really. Even now, that's quite a new thing, the very idea that women are allowed to take centre stage and take the spotlight. So but it wasn't that long ago where you couldn't take money out of a bank account and couldn't work without your husband's permission. That was quite common in a lot of countries. Yeah, and she very much uses that as like, I'm only here because my husband has let me. That is like a complete lie. So we see the journey of the two different sets of women because Phyllis Schlafly runs a campaign based on fake news. You know, I know fake news is something that we talk about a lot now and it feels like it's a new thing, but she ran her entire campaign against the ERA on fake news. So she was just quoting facts that were complete either lies or complete inaccuracies or exaggerations, scaremongering women going, I don't want my daughter to go to war, basically feeling like if they got a divorce or if their husband kicked them out, they'd lose their alimony because they would be expected to work like a man so they wouldn't need alimony. All nonsense, if anything, it... Uh, enshrined those rights for women so it was just really fascinating and all the actors in it were fascinating and no one is perfect you know you're not going oh like the feminists are really perfect and the non-feminists aren't we're just seeing a really broad story of all of these women and feeling empathy for for women on both sides I just thought it was fantastic I just thought it was so well written do watch it don't be put off by the fact that it is a slow burn because it they're having to do a lot of exposition to let you know what's happening during the 70s. And they're assuming you know nothing about that time politically, which I confess I didn't know a great deal. So you're getting a lot of info. You know, once a few episodes are down and you sort of hit the ground running. And Tracy Ullman is an absolute just... Oh, did I ever tell you I met Tracy Ullman? Oh. Have I ever told you that? How, what was your meeting? It was at a Labour Party fundraiser. So she was there and I did stand up and she came up to me at the end. She was like, I really enjoyed your set. And I was like, oh my God, you're Tracy Ullman. I kept saying that to her. I kept telling her her name. You're Tracy Ullman. You do that, I, don't I always you? tell famous people their names. Tracy Ullman, you're Tracy Ullman. She's like, but do you know what? She's so normal and down to earth. Any of that, she's like, oh, don't be daft. No one remembers the Tracy Ullman show. No one remembers anything. And I was like, I remember. I thought you were amazing. You are very important to my formative years. You are the reason I'm doing comedy. Um, so she took that quite well. <laughs> given. But I had had four glasses of champagne. Fair to say, fair to say she backed away very slowly and we haven't spoken since. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Alison, have you ever got giddy about a famous person? Yeah, one time I met, oh God, it's not that famous though, but did you have Degrassi Junior High here? Yeah, Degrassi Junior High, I remember that. It was one of the big hit Canadian shows that ever made it out of Canada, really. And Snake, who was one of the main characters in it, it was so funny because I met him at like comedy awards and he was there and I was like, oh my God, it's Snake from Degrassi. Like it was just... (laughs) I was like, that was such a part of my... Your your youth, your childhood. Yeah. yeah. And now one of my friends who's a comedian is married to him. So, you know, I was like, that's crazy. That <laughs> is wild. Cut to everybody listening to this Googling snake. That's a big one because, you know, these shows, when you're a kid, they're so important. A bit like Grain Chill, that was our equivalent. Not quite as glamorous as Degrassi Junior High. If we saw them now, there'd be a little bit of us that go, ah, there's Zamo. Oh, my God, this is so exciting. You know. Well, that's why you guys love Ant and Dex so much, right? Oh, they were from Biker, Biker Grove. Grove. Yeah. I never watched Biker Grove. I was a bit too old for that. Okay. I think I was. I was too cool for that, Alison. You can, <laughs> you can see that about me, right? I met Michael Caine and we, we were doing a leaving present for someone. And I did what you did. I went, you Michael Caine? It was obviously Michael Caine. He was in Kensington and he went, yeah. And I went, oh, could you sign her leaving card for us? And then we took it back to work and she didn't believe it was Michael Caine. She thought we were playing a trick on her. And it was Michael Caine's signature in a leaving card. <laughs> did she eventually believe you or did she just never believe you? No, she threw it away. She thought we were joking. Did you pick it up and go, I'll keep it? 
It's Michael Caine. It's, it's Michael Caine. Well, I would have done if I'd known. But you've also had like a handwritten card from Tom Hanks. Yeah, a letter from Tom Hanks. And Steven Spielberg. And a Christmas present. No, it was just from Tom Hanks, in fact. Wasn't Spielberg? Sure, but let's just add that. Edit that out, Leanne. <laughs> let's just keep Spielberg in. What was the present? I was in Band of Brothers. If anybody wants to watch Band of Brothers episode nine, I play an angry German woman. Was well, so That's a Daphne Farzine. Anyway, that's me. And he sent everybody in the cast and crew. He sent them a Christmas present, which was a bomber jacket with Band of Brothers cast and crew two thousand. Wow. I was just a featured artist, which is one above a extra, and I thought it was very sweet that he gave. Everybody a present, you know, because I was quite low down on the pecking order. Maureen, you had dialogue. I did have dialogue. Um, and the funny thing is, because it's set in the Rhineland, and of course I speak German with an Austrian accent. They didn't notice. <laughs> Anyone German watching that's going, God, that accent's Why off. is a Viennese woman there? <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like when Anthony LaPaglia was playing... Uh, Frasier. In Frasier was playing um, Daphne's brother and Daphne's from Manchester and Anthony LaPaglia was also from Manchester. But you couldn't tell from his accent. In fact, I couldn't tell where he was from in England. There is not a British person in the world that could watch that series of Frasier. We all boycotted it. Because wasn't Robbie Coltrane and Hugh McGregor, two of her brothers as well at one point? Aye, and then they came in with Scottish accents. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, hey. You're like, where is your family from? Scotland, East London, Manchester. To be fair, Daphne's accent wasn't very good. At least there was some consistency, you know. It was vaguely not. <laughs> anyway, look. As you know, Maureen, I don't let things like that bother me because I'm very laid back. <laughs> so now it's time for my favourite, favourite part of the show. Maureen, you'll agree. It's time to <laughs> ask Alison. <laughs> Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating crisps. Take my advice, I ain't using it. As I say every week, I love hearing people's problems. It's a, I've always been that person, so if you have any, please feel free to send them in. I don't know if I'm really helping or not, but you know what? I'm not you, and at least I have a different perspective. I do some research. I look at some stuff. I tell you what I think, you know, might help. So this week, the problem was... My partner has a different libido than I do. What do I do? This is a common one. Get someone else. Maureen, for heaven's sake, <laughs> just listen, because this is very important for your next relationship. Alison, <laughs> I'm all ears, okay? Yeah. Jen, you were saying, and it is pretty common. Like, out of all the articles I was reading, I mean, majority, 80% of all relationships, straight, gay, whatever the form of your relationship is, 80% struggle with one person maybe having higher sex drive than the other. And I think there's a lot of misconception because traditionally I think we think like uh, men usually have a high sex drive and women don't. But it's across the board. There's so many different situations because there's so many different reasons for it. So what you have to do is you kind of have to take yourself out of the equation. And let's say, first off, you have to go, what if it's not about you? If there's a difference in your sexual drive 
separate yourself from it. Don't place blame on you. I think a lot of people right away are like, oh, this person doesn't want to have sex with me. And also don't place blame on them and don't judge because there's so many reasons why it could be happening, right? Medical reasons, maybe there's stress at work. There's uh, previous bad relationships that maybe have affected someone. There's age, there's hormones. Uh, There's so much that honestly, (laughs) it's probably not about you. So just remember that right away. Um, The second thing I think I've really seen is that no matter what steps that you can try, it's between you and that person. And at some point, you are going to have to be brutally honest with that person and talk about your feelings and what is happening. Because if you can't talk about what is going on in the relationship sexually, well, then maybe it's time to not be in that relationship. So you have to be brutally honest and open at some point. It's going to be hard. If you really think you can't do it, you don't want to walk away from this, then maybe you need to see a sex therapist. Maybe a third party just makes it a bit easier for the both of you to communicate sometimes. Um, Things that I've seen that, you know, can maybe help with this desire discrepancy. This is going to sound so ridiculous, but I think it makes sense. Set a sex schedule, like choose a time. So When do you have the most energy? When do you have time? When does your partner have the most energy? When does your partner have the most time? And maybe just go, okay, let's let's reach an agreement. And I think it's good for both partners because although it may not seem sexy, what it's doing is the partner who wants more sex, they will stop then pursuing the partner that doesn't want to have sex because they know that day is coming. That partner who maybe doesn't necessarily always want to have sex Well, maybe with the idea of like your partner not always talking to you about it now, maybe you will want to. So I think a sex schedule is nice for both people. It can change. You can switch it. I'm not saying it's, you know, in stone, but a sex schedule. Touch affectionately. I liked this. Have some touch be not about sex. I think everything is, if it's physical, it's always about sex. I think there's a lot of people out there who need to feel gratified just as a person. So that means cuddling on the couch. That means just talking. That means just being more available for one another. Touch each other affectionately without it leading to sex always. I think that's a nice thing, too, that reestablishes that sexual chemistry. Sometimes people feel you're not paying attention to them enough as a friend that you want to feel a bit more appreciated as the person rather than necessarily just a sexual partner all the time. Think about the time when your life in your romance world was good. What was going on then? Can you recreate that? Can you re-stimulate that? Um, And if if you're really the driven partner who needs to have a lot of sex, well, then just get used to masturbating. Like, I have no other way (laughs) to put it that way. Like, at the end of the day, just... (laughs) Help yourself out, right? Like, honestly, I'm not saying that's the end, but that is one of the options. Um, And if it's still consuming you, overwhelming you, whether you're not getting enough, whether it's too much, then I think just focus on yourself a bit more. So join a gym or uh, meditate or find a hobby because I bet you if you were to find something else that fulfilled you, your partner will come to you automatically because they will just feel the pressure is off. Bottom line, you got to communicate. Great advice, yeah. Alison. I think everything that you've said is bang on the money. I think a lot of the time we can be very much obsessed with the sex bit and forget the intimacy that you can have with a partner outside of the bedroom. Also, I think if you've got someone ramming something into your back first thing in the morning and you think, well, you didn't really speak to me 
all day yesterday. Didn't even make me a cup of tea. You'll forgive me if I'm not up for it. I think all of these things are very pertinent points, particularly in a long-term relationship. Obviously, when you first get together with someone, sex is on the table, isn't it? It's on the mind. Well, yeah. It's on the brain because it's new and it's exciting and, and you're making those first steps, those first connections with somebody and sex is a huge part of of creating intimacy and creating a connection with someone. 15 years later... You know their moves. You're anticipating them before they do them. You're like, oh, he, she's going to do this. Oh, they've done it. Well, that's really taken the element of danger out of this sexual encounter. And uh, I'm dry as a bone. But look, I am totally up for the fact that if your libido is a little bit higher than your partner's, you know they love you. Maybe you're not having a sex as often as you want. Just wank it out. Just, yeah, take care of it. Go to the bathroom, go to the bedroom, whatever you need to do. Put some candles out. Put some candles out, have a bath. You know, make love to yourself. <laughs> Alison, I, I loved your advice. I thought that was spot on. Thank you very much. So if you have a problem, please do email Alison at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. Ask her anything. That The woman knows stuff. She's She's an empath cushion is that right if i don't i will look into it i feel like i'm learning and preparing for when shit goes wrong in my life everyone i love that we're in the middle of a global pandemic and still <laughs> shit hasn't gone wrong for you allison and that is what i love about the, I, the thanks, endless Jen. optimism of <laughs> allison june smith <laughs> And now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We... Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> Maureen, every week you come up tramps. We know what time this is. It's Maureen's cultural corner. Well, I thought uh, like a cheap and cheerful way of enjoying culture is every country has their own cultural institute. So it's not going to be any surprise. I sometimes go to see free films at the Austrian Cultural Forum. But there's also the Goethe Institute, which is Germany's uh, cultural forum. And they have like an online library and you can join it for free. You can download films, you can download magazines, you can download books, you know, all for free. So and every country has them. So, you know, French Institute, I think if you're under 25, so we just missed that. Just my last birthday. Ah, Just missed it. But, you know, we have the Cine Lumiere when you can go and see that for a fiver. They've also got an online library. I found Ah. one that you might like. It's called um, casalatina.com. Uh, Jen, you could do, they've got stuff for kids. Okay, that sounds Keep the great. kids busy in Spanish. They've got Latin aerobics. Latin aerobics, talk me through that. Derecho, right? Amo, amas, amat, amamus. <laughs> Actually doing some Latin and some aerobics. No? Yeah, okay, I don't fine. think that's what they mean. So I just think you could do a different country a week, you know, because often this stuff that they've got is free or it's heavily subsidised because they want to promote the culture. So, you know, Cervantes Institute for Spain, you've got the Italian Institute. Every country's got their own institute. So you can find these cultural institutes online and then you can access all of this cultural gold mining. Yeah, there's also um, learning tools if you want to, if you're a teacher and you want to, you know, some tools and teaching the language this is great if you're studying and you're particularly if you're doing like a level french spanish well, you know if you find out of netflix you can you can just go- i've nearly finished it yeah just got a couple more shows to watch and then <laughs> maureen thank you this is a, a brilliant cultural corner and another way for people to access uh, stuff from all over the world completely free that's great you, know, you can just broaden your horizons and just dip in and dip out whatever takes your fancy maureen everything takes my fancy as you know i am a cultural sponge I'll be soaking up the 
culture. Anyway, that's really lost the will to live with that analogy. <laughs> Thank you very much, Maureen Younger. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? And now I suppose we're nearing the end of the podcast. It's a very sad time. Uh, we've been recording for four and a half hours, so hopefully Leanne will be able to carve something out of this absolute nonsense. <laughs> it's time for what's got Jen's goat. Well, let's talk about it. I'm going to go deep tonight, today, this afternoon, this evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, I'm going deep. I went to the supermarket. I bought two bottles of wine, Alison and Maureen and Leanne, okay, and I thought those two bottles of wine were red. And I took them home and then I opened one and it was a white. It was white wine when I anticipated red. And I am livid that now white wine is being placed in bottles that are so dark you think it's red wine. Why am I drinking white <laughs> wine when I want red? I know some of you are thinking that's never happened. That's not a thing. I showed the bottle to Chloe I said what colour wine do you think is coming out of there she went red and then I poured it and she went oh white that's interesting and I went no wrong response and I picked up that bottle and I smashed it against no I didn't yeah. we drank it actually and it was fine <laughs> turned out I didn't realise I wanted white but I really enjoyed that white but the point <laughs> is I was deceived mm -hmm. and I think if you are going to bottle white wine make it clear that it's white wine wasn't it on the label sure it was on the label but <laughs> Sometimes I don't really look at the label more in. I just look at the bottle and go, that's a nice bottle. And then I look at the sort of illustration on the bottle and I go, it seems like this is red wine. And then I buy it. I realise that this Jen's goat is quite niche in that this has only happened to me once. But it really did get my goat. And I feel like it's still okay to talk about this stuff, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff I would let go. But now... During this global pandemic, I can't let this shit go, Alison. I can't. I, I would take it back, though, and get my money back. No, you wouldn't, Maureen. Imagine you buy a bottle of kefir and then you take it home and you realise it's buttermilk. Oh, I drink it. Yeah. You just drink it. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? Maureen will eat foozily if we cover it in buttermilk. Foozily. Job done. <laughs> Well, this has been fun, hasn't yes, it? Yes. Uh... <laughs> okay, then. Kisses for you. <laughs> oh, we all did kisses. All right, disgusting. Goodbye. Right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one and then we all win. Will that do? 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 